Well, good morning on this Friday in the week between Epiphany and the baptism of our Lord. This weekend, of course, we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. And you'll recall yesterday and now today, we find ourselves uh, just after that event has already happened. So fortunate to us who attend daily Mass, we already are in the uh, busyness of our Lord's Galilean ministry. He's already been baptized for us yesterday and today. This weekend, we celebrate that as a, as a community at large. And as our Lord began his Galilean ministry, he had been baptized. He then went on a 40-day journey, we're told, in the desert, isolated journey where he's tempted and he overcomes all of Satan's temptations. And then as he begins that, uh, that ministry, he launches right into the call of the immediate apostles. Of course, we know that Andrew and Peter, James and John are the first four that are called. And today's pericope, today's extract from our beautiful scripture, is this encounter uh, of a man who's suffering from leprosy. And Andrew and Peter, James and John are now witnesses to this event. They're witnesses to this event. So as you often hear said here at St. Thomas, context is really important to the scripture passage that we read. We read scripture, as we know, in its entirety, not, not just extracts. So let's, let's put ourselves in context then. Jesus has begun his Galilean ministry. That means his ministry in the north of the territories. And he's called Andrew, Peter, James, and John to him. And he's now venturing around the towns and they encounter a man who is suffering from this terrible disease. Let's remember though the words of Peter when Jesus steps into Peter's boat and asks him to go out into the lake and tells him to put his nets down and they harvest such a large haul of fish. Peter falls to his knees and he says to us, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. So Peter falls to the knees of Jesus and says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And our Lord says to him, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. So let's let that swim around. no pun intended with fish, but let that swim around in our heads for a minute, that Peter has just witnessed this this amazing miracle of these nets bursting with fish and tells the Lord to depart from him, and our Lord says so compassionately, do not be afraid, from now on you will be catching men. He says that to all of them in the boat. They come ashore, I I assume they dispense with the fish, and now they leave everything. How do we know? Luke says that. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. So now they're on their way and they encounter this man who's paralytic, or not paralytic, who's suffering from leprosy. The next episode is a man who's a paralytic. And this is important to know, in the Jewish culture, people who suffered from very serious ailments and diseases were assumed to have violated some transgression of the law and that's why they were suffering. They were suffering because they were sinful. That's why they were suffering. It wasn't, as we know today, detached from in in most cases, detached from our state of our soul, it has to do with the physical ailment that may come upon us, because very good, pious people also get sick. Very good, pious people also get sick. So they encounter this man, and we heard Deacon Andy read to us. Now there was a man full of leprosy in one of the towns where he was, and when he saw Jesus, he fell prostrate, pleaded with him. Now isn't that fascinating? This is very early in Jesus' Galilean ministry, And yet this man already suspects there's something about Jesus that is very beneficial to him. I wonder how he knows that. I wonder how he knows that. 
And he says to, to our Lord, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. That's a powerful statement that this man suffering what would be a terminal illness somehow knows that this itinerant preacher, this man from Nazareth, has the ability to make him clean, perform a miracle. He knows this. And Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him. And this, you know, there's oftentimes little verses in Scripture we highlight or circle or somehow indicate in the margins of our Bibles. This is one worth indicating. Seven words. Our Lord says to him, I do will it, I do will it, be made clean. I do will it, be made clean. And he says that to each of us as we fall either prostrate or to our knees or sit, sit in a chair, whatever our posture is, and we come to our Lord in prayer, and we have a petition, and we're speaking from the heart, we're praying from the heart, not the intellect, and we ask our Lord in great earnestness for some, some prayer to be answered, we can know with assurance our Lord's response, I do will it, I do will it for all of you, I do will it for each of us born into the faith, I do will it. He does will it for us, be made clean it is, and the leprosy left this man immediately. Then he ordered him not to tell anyone, I don't know if this is the, the, the fact or not in this, but I suspect, much like uh, contemporary society, if you want something to be shared, tell the person, don't tell this to anybody. And within minutes, it's on Facebook. So I, I suspect, I don't know, maybe that was happening here. Don't tell anyone. But he says, go to the priest and show yourself. Now that's important because this man presumably is Jewish. Jesus is Jewish, grew up in the Jewish faith. And when a person had had an ailment, particularly leprosy, they would have been put out of the community. They would have been put out of the, the, the tent camp. They would have been put out of the village. They had to leave. They had to go outside the community because this was a communicable disease. And if they sought to be restored to the community, they had to come back to the priest and be vetted, be, be examined to see if they could be returned into the communal life. And so Jesus is telling him, follow the law, live in accordance with your Jewish faith and teachings, go show yourself to the priest, the priest and present an offering as prescribed in the book of Leviticus. And that's what Jesus is telling him to go do. Go do that, go live in accordance with the law. But the importance of that is not only the potential, this, the speculative psychiatry of don't tell anyone, and he's going to tell a lot of people, but also that if he had just made the claim independently that this rabbi, this itinerant preacher had cured him, but he hadn't gone through the protocol of reinstatement to the community, it wouldn't be valid. It wouldn't be as credible as he's now gone to a priest. People know this man is a leper. How do we know? Because he says, now there was a man full of leprosy. So it wasn't, it wasn't not obvious. It was clearly obvious that he was a leper. So by being vetted by a priest and be, being reinstituted to the community, reinvited to the community, there's now an independent, credible affirmation that a healing occurred. That's what's happening in this, in this drama. The report about him spread all the more of course it did. The report about him spread all the more, and great crowds assembled to listen to him and to be cured of their ailments. But he withdrew to deserted places to pray. Boy, there's so much we can extract from that, isn't there? So the word of our Lord's healing power spread very rapidly, and Jesus tells us that multiple times, not only in Luke's gospel, but in all four of the gospel narratives. 
you know, his primary role was to preach the kingdom. Not necessarily to do healing. He does that most profoundly with his sacrifice on the cross, healing for sin and healing from death. But his mission in his three years of public ministry was primarily to preach the good news, to preach the kingdom. And so that's happening now through these miracles that are occurring. Out of compassion, he's offering the miracle, but they're also very important relative to the confidence and spread of the word. But we're also told that he would withdraw. Here he is, the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, would withdraw to deserted places to pray. What a role model for each of us is that we not only come together joyfully as a community of faith, to share in our faith, and most especially in the Eucharist together, we do that. We also need to set, a time, set aside time each day to be in a deserted place, whether that's the corner of the room or in our car or walking Tubbs Hill. It doesn't matter. You find that deserted place and be in prayer and have this dialogue with God on a constant basis. And he'll fill our minds with the indication of his presence. He'll do that. That was our theme yesterday. Look for him in the common. Look for him in the obvious. He's there. Look for him in that strange person you encounter. Strange in the sense of you don't know them. Sometimes it is the strange person who's also the presence of Christ. But look for him in the everyday because he's there. And likewise, our message from yesterday continues forth today as it should every day. We also need to be mindful of our walk in the faith so that when people encounter us, it's Christ they see when they look up. Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, it is Christ who lives in me. God bless you all.